Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Another Q&A episode, guys. We're up to 397. Steve Smee here and the Rickster. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good. So, guys, the first one we're going to talk about, as I uh, pull it up here, is the real definition of TRT. So, TRT stands for testosterone replacement therapy. And what that is, is (laughs) it's basically replacing your testosterone. So if you can't produce your own testosterone on your own, for whatever reason, it could be medical reason. It could be you got your balls chopped off in the war. It could be you got your balls chopped off um, in the plant, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the processing plant, you know, they're, you're cut, they're cutting up stuff in the, in the, in the, uh, in the mill and your balls got chopped off. So can't produce your own testosterone, but on, on a serious note, guys, most people out there have trouble these days, you know, all the pollutants in our environment, the water we drink, the food we eat, the stress we're under, the soil we're living, all these chemicals that we keep in our house, all this stuff. Our testosterone levels take a beating, okay? Take a beating. So there comes a time where people make the decision, hey, I want to go with testosterone the rest of my life. I want to pin my ass once a week for the rest of my life because I'm sick of being low testosterone. Also, guys, a lot of you guys who are listening to this, you may have been in a situation where you ran steroids in your past. You abused steroids in the past, right? And when that, when you do that, your body, your pituitary glands get shut down. They have a hard time coming back. So you end up having low testosterone levels just from that. That's all, that's all it takes. Even guys who run a 20-week cycle, one 20-week cycle can shut you down and, and destroy your pituitary glands where it's really hard for your body to produce testosterone. So guys make the decision, hey, I'm going to go on TRT. And that's what they do. So they inject anywhere between 90 and 125 milligrams a week. Now, some guys inject more than that. We're seeing uh, guys doing TRT at 150, 180, even 200, 225 milligrams a week. And, you know, that's not a good idea, guys. Um, If you run too much, TRT guys weekly for the rest of your life over time, it's going to pound your heart health. It's going to pound your kidneys. It's going to pound your liver. It's going to pound your prostate. It's going to fry your head hair. It's going to cause your skin to have problems. You know, it's, it's not a good idea, guys. It's not a good idea. So you should always run TRT at a proper dose and run it. You know, when you get blood work done, you should basically replace what your body would normally produce, all things being equal in a healthy state, that's what you want to accomplish. You don't want to run TRT and have your testosterone levels at 1,200 or 1,000 or even 800. They should be around 500, 600. It should be where they would be in a normal situation. So that's my opinion of what TRT is, Rick. That's my definition. What is your definition of it? I'll go a little bit of a different angle with it. So TRT and HRT. We've heard these two terms. TRT refers to testosterone replacement therapy. HRT refers to hormone replacement therapy. Now, TRT could be considered HRT, but not all HRT, obviously, 
is going to be TRT. So testosterone replacement therapy is when you are putting into your body the testosterone that your body is no longer able to produce. Now, guys like me and Steve will always advise to take care of that problem first and figure out why your body's not making any more testosterone and do that before you just completely add foreign testosterone to your body. Now, when it comes to hormone replacement therapy, you can get everything from peptides to uh, to certain different steroids prescribed to you for different reasons, whether it be you have bone pain, you have joint pain, you have uh, nagging injuries, uh, loss in libido, you're trying to recover from an operation. There's a lot of different compounds that if you go to a, uh, a doctor that specializes in hormone replacement therapy, like the ones you can get from some of these clinics, they'll be able to prescribe you. So um, it's a bit of a, of a the difference. I just want to go a little bit of a different way with it. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, and also what's interesting, I wanted to add to this, we were talking about HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Historically, guys have used other things besides testosterone. That's a misconception. Guys think that you can only use testosterone for, for HRT. It's not true. Guys have used things, you know, anything from anything from human growth hormone to different peptides to primobolin. The, you know, these are HIV doctors, you know, in other countries want their, to get their clients on, on, on primobolin. We've seen equipoise be used. We've seen even trembolone in low dosage be used as part of HRT. So, you know, it's not just about um, injecting testosterone. Andriol is an oral. And andriol is an, is an oral that's, that's, you know, made to be just like testosterone, right? It's like testosterone in oral form. That is, has been prescribed uh, for, for uh, HRT too. So it's not just about, you know, injecting testosterone and you have different level, types of HRT, TRT, even with testosterone, like you have Sustanon 250, which was designed mostly with long esters. It's got a small amount of propane in it, but it was designed to do larger amounts of, in, of the compound, but in more infrequent amounts of time. So you would inject the 250 milligram vial or amp of the sustenon, right? You would inject it say once every two or three weeks. And that's, you're going to be your TRT. So that is an option. And that's actually in Britain, they do sustenon. And then you have in, in, in East Europe, something called Omnidren. And Omnidren used to be a little different than sustenon, the esters. It's a blend of four esters. Sustenon is a blend of four esters, mostly long esters. Omnidren today is just like Sustenon. It's a blend of four esters, mostly long esters. In East Europe, that's what doctors prescribe to their TRT patients. They prescribe Omnidren. In the United States, if you go to a doctor, they're going to likely prescribe you Enanthate or Sipinate. So different countries have different ideas of what to uh, take for, uh, for TRT and also different health conditions. It's not just about, oh, uh, you know, my libido's down. I want to do something about it and I want to get on TRT. I'm going to take testosterone. No, HIV doctors want their clients on things like human growth hormone. They want their clients on things like Primobolin because Primobolin has benefits for the immune system. So there's different things guys take 
for HRT and TRT, not just what Americans think. Everyone takes sipinate or anethate once a week, you know, and you're good to go. No, it's not like that in other places. And uh, there's different compounds that guys have used over the years. All right. So, blah, blah, blah. Next one we're talking about, Rick, is how to store steroids for long term. Someone wanted to know if they could store their story steroids in the fridge. So, Rick, you are our chemical expert. Is that possible to store it in the fridge? I would think you could, but it would probably uh, it probably need to be boiled after doing that because I think it would uh, freeze up, right? It would crash. I don't... <sighs> I don't, I guess you could, you could store them at lower temp temperature. That's fine. But I don't know if refrigerator lower temperature is, is that it's going to be that great. Um, And unless it wasn't compounded properly, it shouldn't crash out of solution. And if it does slightly crash out of solution, if it was compounded properly, it'll come back into solution at room temperature. You only really have to like put, steroids in warm water when like if you have like maybe a you know legit windstraw that's crystallizing in, in the water maybe warming it up helps uh but besides that if you have good legitimately well-made steroids they should all be suspended in that oil at room temperature no matter what even if you even if you put in the refrigerator a little bit and you crash it it come back out it should go back into solution should not should not uh, need to warm it up. And how to store them for the long term? Well, number one is keep them away from light. Keep them uh, somewhere where, there, where there's no moisture. Um, keep them somewhere where it's kind of cool. Um, not does not need to be refrigerated or cold, even though you you could, I guess. But it's not it's not a necessity. And the main thing I think is just away from light and away from temperature changes. You know, as long as the temperature stays somewhat consistent and there's no light, you're good to store that bottle of juice for a very long time. And then when you do finally take it out of storage, um, you can you can boil it some. Yeah, I mean, boiling water, make sure bring it to a boil, turn everything off and then throw your vial in there and let the oil get in there in that boiling water, in that boiled water. It'll get hot enough to to maybe kill some bacteria that could have made it in who knows but i mean it's very very rare you're going to have a situation where the oils get infected a lot of times when guys get infections is because they're they're skin their hands you know the the site the site was dirty to begin with and and um that that's more common very very uncommon for someone to have an oil-based steroid that it's it's got bacteria that's gonna that's gonna give you an infection that's that, that's not very common so that's it, man. Long term, keep them away from light. Keep them in one straight temperature, just maybe a, a hair above refrigerator temperature, and uh, you should be good to go. Sure. I, are you sure about that? So if it's not good to go, you're going to buy me new ones, right? <laughs> um, for the most part, man, I've had bottles and I've had um, pills that I've stored sometimes unknowingly for a long time and and I find them, you know, yeah, a little bit of heat. Let's do it. It's worked. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you with any certainty if the product lost some of its potency, but I know that there was something in there because 
I felt there was something in there. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope that answers your question. Rick Rick summed it up very good. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I do, guys. I think also you got to store it somewhere where it's safe. Uh, if you have kids running around, if you have in-laws visiting, if you've got, uh, you know, the neighbor's kids coming over to play with your kids and, you know, they, uh, they open up a cabinet in the living room, they, they find a bunch of vials of steroids, right, Rick? Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're really good, nifty ways to store your steroids and not, not let anyone find them. Um, one of the, a good hobby any steroid user can, can get into is candle making. And um, you'd be surprised how you can uh, really stash your stash once you uh, learn how to make candles. Obviously, you've, you know, you've got to make sure not to lose them or let someone you live with toss them out. But uh, someone would have to go through a lot of trouble to get your cycle out of that damn candle once you've, once you've locked it in there. And that's, uh, it's actually, I think, a pretty good legitimate way to store your gear long term where it won't be in some box that can be randomly opened by someone or, you know, it won't. You're not in danger of these shit. You can you can pass away and your steroid candles can be in some box somewhere, get tossed out. And I mean, nobody will ever know they happened, that it was there. But but I've uh, I got that from a guy on the forums. I don't know, some almost 20 years ago who used to buy buy bulk and uh, store not just his steroids, but other things that he wanted to protect in in candles that he would that he would make at home. So I, th- I think that's pretty interesting for anybody out there looking to keep their uh, keep their scheduled illegal drugs stored long term. Um, a place like a candle would be a really good place for no one to be able to find it accidentally one day. So uh, when I come up to your place, I'm going to basically uh, grab all your candles and run off with them. <laughs> now I know. Now I know. Now, now I know what to do. Now you know where I keep the stash, the Coletta. Now you know where my Coletta is. Yeah. All right, guys. So the next topic, let's get to it. Blah, blah, blah. Should I use a wide stance when doing deadlifts? So this is a weightlifting question. We, we don't talk enough about weightlifting on this. It's kind of hard to talk about it without showing you, but you know, wide, wide stance deadlifting does give you a little bit of an advantage um, because it's, it's the leverage. I think it's the leverage and it's the wider stance. You're kind of um, you're able to, it's kind of like doing the, when you're bench pressing a wide grip versus a tight grip. You know, if you do a tight grip, you're not able to engage as much of your shoulders and your chest because we do, um, when you do it like that, you're engaging just your triceps. So you're not able to get those bigger muscles at work. And I think with the deadlifts, it's the same thing. If you do a really, really tight, tight, uh, like, I don't think it's safe to do really, really tight. So, but a lot of guys do that type of sumo uh, wide lift. I think it's important to, to, to mix it up. I think at the end of the day, guys, it's more important to do the deadlift correctly. Uh, we see a lot of guys in the gym, they, they throw on a lot of weight. They want to uh, impress people. It's a lot of ego, all that stuff. But they're not doing the, the, the lift correctly. You see them hunched over. Their spine is really bent. You see their shoulders are rounded forward. And guys, at the end of the day, you're not getting the benefits of doing a proper deadlift. So I have a lot more respect for someone 
who throws on one plate and does the deadlifts for reps correctly than I have someone who throws on four plates and does a half-ass one rep of, of deadlifts. And in turn, they uh, blow out a, a disc in their neck or their back in the process. So, and, you know, proper deadlifting, guys, um, I like to use a off off kelter grip. So one, basically, uh, one with one hand, your palm is facing your body. And with the other hand, your palm is facing the other direction. I like to do that. I like to use my right hand. I'm a right-handed person. I like to use my right hand where my palm is facing away. And then my left hand with the palm is facing towards me. I like to have a, a regular grip or a wide grip. And I like to, when I'm doing the deadlift, actually engage my calves as well. So I'm going from the ground up to the top. And then I'm going ahead and I'm doing a lift off the ground, uh, basically raising my heels off the ground. And then I'm lowering the heels back down and then lowering the weight back down with control. Very, very important. Um, instead of just lifting up and then just letting go of the weight, um, you're you're missing out, not going you're going back down and doing that that you know going back down with the weight with control. You're really helping to engage your core. I think that lifting is very important, guys, for you know for your core. I think a lot of guys don't realize how important it is to to engage your core. Also, with deadlifting, guys, ditch the straps, ditch the chalk ditch the gloves, ditch the wraps. You're missing out on opportunity with deadlifts to engage your wrists, your hands, your forearms, your elbows. You're, it's, you're missing out. When you're using gloves and straps and wraps, you're not strengthening your wrists and your hands. Deadlifting will increase the strength of your hands. You'll be able to crush you know, a, a glass jar or glass bottle just by with your hands, uh, it makes your hands extremely strong. So um, that's what got my hands strong was doing deadlifts. Every, every leg day, the first thing I would do is I'd go over to the mat at the gym and I'd do four or five sets of deadlifts. And then I would do the rest of my leg day workout. So deadlifts are very, very important for me. Uh, and another thing, some gyms don't allow you to do deadlifts, Rick. Um, and that's a shame. And that's because people abuse the weights, you know, they, they drop the weights, they don't drop, they don't put the weights down on control, they do too heavy a weight than they can do. So they damage the equipment, they damage the weights, they damage the floor. So gyms basically eliminated deadlifts and um, even some hardcore gyms, the owner, you know, I've asked owners in these gyms, I'm like, look, I really like to do deadlifts. And he's like, you know, I don't really don't want you doing them. You know, I don't want you, the noise they make when, when the weight drops as well. So if that's the situation, there's no reason to panic. Um, you can order a mat um, online. You can order a couple 45-pound uh, rubbers, rubber weights, um, those big rubber weights. I forgot what they call them. I have really, really hard time remembering what they call them. But um, you just need an Olympic Bumper plates? Yeah, yeah, like bumper plates, exactly. And then, and then you can just do them at home. You can slam the weight and you don't have to worry about the, the gym owner getting mad at you and kicking you out. So, the, you know, the, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing uh, doing deadlifts properly, guys. What's, what's your advice on deadlifting, Rick? 
you know, deadlifting is one of those things you want to actually find someone with good experience to come in and help you nail down good technique your first time around, the, the your first few uh, sessions doing deadlifting. And then you should be able to have good technique all the way through for the rest of your life. Once you once you get the technique down on these exercises, um, you're fine. I mean, just also record yourself doing some of these exercises. Set up your phone. Make sure you record yourself so you can watch your own technique if you don't train with someone that can help you correct it. But main thing is deadlifting, get a coach. But even if it's just for a few sessions to, to do some really serious uh, deadlifting work, but just make sure to get help, get someone to help you watch your form, watch the way you're you're performing the, the different versions of it. And uh, it's got to be someone that knows what the fuck they're doing, man. I mean, I look, I, I was really lucky in my high school. Uh, one of the guys that worked at the weight room, uh, he was also janitor during the day, weight room attendant at night. Guy was a competitive power lifter and he did bench. He also competed in squats. I mean, he was competitive guy. So all of us that would listen, he taught us very, very early on, very proper technique for lifting. And while we were there over the months and years, he would always come around and help us correct the technique, not just to avoid injury, but to gain more progress from your training through proper technique. And it's something that I've that stuck with me for life. Now, I've helped a lot of people get started on their fitness journey, and I've taught them the same technique and the same small trips, tricks and things that I was taught. In high school. So just get someone who knows what they're doing, who's got experiences competed and just say, dude, teach me proper technique so I don't fuck myself up and I make faster progress over time and, and learn it. It's the best thing you can do, man. Yeah, have someone who knows what they're doing, watch you do it and instruct you as you're doing it. It's, it's, uh, it's about the best you can get. So next one is going to be a question for you, Rick, because uh, you've been through this before. Um, so let me, let me read what she says. She says, I have a husband who suffers from roid rage. To make matters worse, he has gone into these rants, calling me nasty names and leaving me very confused. I've never seen him act like this in 15 years of marriage. One of his friends emailed me and said he was taking steroids that he was ordering online. It's gotten to the point where I'm afraid he's going to kill me when he goes off on a rant for an hour. When he is calm, I'll talk to him about this stuff and he'll pretend like it never happened. She wants to know, do steroids cause you to forget when you go crazy and say crazy things? I'm very confused right now. Please give me some advice. Thanks. Confused in Cincinnati. Go, go Bengals. So Rick, uh, what's your advice on this? You've been through this before. Tell me about, tell me a little about this. If you already have behavioral problems, then you're just going to become a bigger asshole on steroids. It's just what happens. If you already have self-control issues, anger issues, if you're already a douchebag, you're going to become a bigger one on steroids. So what am I going to tell this lady? Um, look, miss, I'm um, counseling. Grab him up, get him, get him over counseling, and you might need to get him to get off the steroids. Always when you have a hard time communicating with your partner, with your husband, with your wife, with communications breaking down to the point where you're writing us for help, right? The best thing is to bring someone in who's expert 
in helping people communicate. That's a counselor. Get a good one. And drag his ass in there. Just go do it. Get, get the help. Get the help. Anything else? Uh, see, here's the thing. Other things here. One, uh, get him to maybe stop using the sauce. You don't need to discuss that in front of a counselor. He's going to get defensive on you. Two, get him to maybe not be as angry at you or, or take, take out small problems on you. Again, if you've already tried to discuss this with him, if you've maybe cried in front of him a little bit and he hasn't changed, you might need a professional to help reach him so that something's to help explain to him, to help him understand how you feel so something clicks and he he's had he has some kind of epiphany that'll that'll change his behavior. That, unfortunately, right, once you've you're not writing us about a physical problem, you're not it's basically saying communication is broken down. And once it gets that bad, the only next step is counsel. And, and through counseling, maybe get him off the steroids. He might he might not be the guy to be taking them. And uh, and through counseling, maybe get him to deal with some of his anger issues. But a, a conversation, in my opinion, in this case, uh, is this the one we got off the forums? Because I think I answered this lady already. It's a very extensive question. This is, You got this one off the forums? I think this lady posted it two days ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I answered that one. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about about that particular And lady I, I'll, link it, I'll link it in the, in the show notes, guys. You guys can go and check it out and give your advice and see. But I'm curious to know from females you've ever dated a guy who's gone through this as well. I mean, you got to counseling. It, it's, it's, it's where it's at. Cause he's your husband and you know, that's what you got to do. It doesn't sound like this guy would agree to counsel though, Rick. So I don't think that that's realistic. Um, and you know, if, if he's, if he's, if, if she can't communicate with him and he won't go into counseling, I mean, she's up shit's Creek without a paddle bottom line. Because uh, it's you know what she gonna what she gonna do. There is no way to make to make any progress with him. So she might, if he won't go to counseling, she might need to walk away from the relationship and leave the house. So let me explain. Let me explain though the. Let me explain what could be happening here with him, just so in case there's any females out there listening to this or any guys out there who are married to another guy, and or if you're a guy who has gone through this and you ruin relationships. So sometimes, you know, you run these, these steroids, you get these, you don't react well to the androgens, you know, you get very cranky on them. And also this guy, um, you know, he sounds a little bit of a mental case from what you said, he's into like, you know, conspiracies and, and shit like that. So I think maybe he's just, you know, a little fucked up in the head. And I think that he just needs, to I, I don't I think it's hopeless like at this point I don't think there's any hope in this situation I would say to this woman I mean you know um, if you're scared that he's going to kill you he's scared that he's abusing you and stuff you really should just get out of the relationship I don't see I don't see any any possibility of doing this I mean people like this guy should be not be in a relationship until he can get his own head in order he doesn't have any business supporting someone else emotionally supporting someone else physically that you need to do as a husband a husband has responsibilities i, I it drives me crazy i have friends that go and get married 
and they don't think that a marriage is hard work. A marriage is hard work. Like you get married, you don't just quit, you know, working. You got to keep working at that marriage. And there's a lot of emotional and physical thing that women need. They need someone to, to listen to them. They need someone to physically take care of them. So, you know, this guy, he doesn't sound like he's capable of even taking care of, of, of a houseplant, much less taking care of a wife. So, my, you know, my hope is, you know, you can get out of the relationship um, and hopefully you can tell him, look, you know, it's not working out between us. Um, you know, you're going to have to go live somewhere else until our divorce is done. And then we can, you know, sell the house and split you know, split the profits, you know, it's a good time right now to sell. It's a good market right now for to sell a house. So that's what you probably have to do. That's, that's what I would do. Uh, that's what I would advise her to do. I don't think there's any, any solution here. I think the steroids are, are kind of the waterfall. You know, it was basically you're in the rapids and you're going down river and you're out of control. And then the steroids threw it over the cliff but it was a disaster waiting to happen. It's kind of like in that, that movie, Rick, Mrs. Doubtfire. Remember Mrs. Doubtfire? You remember that movie, right? Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, it's yeah. Great so Great movie. Yeah, the wife came home and the husband, those of you younger guys who've never seen the movie, the husband was having a party and there was like goats eating the, the birthday cake and, and running around and the wife flipped out on him and she's like, I want a divorce. And he's like, no, you know, you're just upset. She's like, no, this is a disaster waiting to happen. And it's the same thing. You know, you have two people who have no business being together. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you see what I'm saying, Rick? It's a holy, it's a holy matrimony being married. You understand? Cause you've been there, right? You've been there. It's a holy I have, matrimony. I have, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, through sickness and in health. Um, I do. You may kiss the bride, right? So you make, a, you make a commitment. When you break that commitment, as this guy has done, he deserves he deserves to be kicked out. So he needs his ass. He's out of here. He needs to get on his tricycle and bicycle away down the street. Okay? That's what he needs to do. Don't ever abuse a woman. Ever. A real man does not abuse a woman. Okay? So... You need to find a good guy. Hit up Rick. Um, was it Rick? Rick, Rick, Rick Rock? <laughs> Hit Rick RickyVRock.com. Yeah, I don't. Hit I don't, him up. I don't. I don't mess with other people's wives. She, you know. So. After the divorce is I, over, I'm a, I'm, you I'm a waste of time. I'm a waste of time for her. <laughs> Hit him up. He's available, and he will take good care of you, both mentally and physically. He's going to take care of you, right, Rick? Yeah, if you're not at least a solid eight and a half, don't don't even reach out. Just forget about it. Just saying, <laughs> just laying it out there. All right, guys. So listen, that sums it up, guys. Um, look at the end of the day, guys. Um, if you're a woman in this situation, definitely hit one of us up, Rick or me. If you have questions about your husband, you know it's funny. I've have I have clients like this. I have female clients who come to me and they gather information from me about their boyfriends or husband's steroid use, and they want to know, help them run it correctly. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre, but it's very cool. I just wonder why the boyfriend doesn't come to me. It's like, she has to do it. It's, you know, she runs, uh, I guess she runs the household. 
you really you you know what i've ran across that maybe once or twice not very common but yeah women asking about on their husbands we have about side effects and stuff that's pretty interesting i guess some guys have to make that compromise that okay honey you're gonna let me use steroids but you're gonna help me research them and watch and make sure i don't hurt myself so i guess that's maybe how that goes down but yeah it's, it's pretty interesting all right, guys, so that sums it up. This was episode episode 397, guys. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you guys next week with a new episode. Take care then. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, yeah. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.